In the world of business, profit is everything. Those that are not profitable are condemned from memory. And the most important business of all is watching anime. Welcome back to the Weekly Anime Performance Review. The show where we review the performance of anime weekly. We are your three high-powered anime business executives. I'm John, your CEO, revealing yourself suddenly to be a professional figure skater. I'm Chris, and you like jazz? And I'm Andrew, and John, which one do you prefer? The woods or the sea? (laughs) Why me? Answer the question, John. The woods. Good to know. Bitch, we live we live like six time zones apart. Come get me, motherfucker. Eh, doesn't matter. The Wi-Fi at this uh, hostel isn't too good, so I'll be over there soon. Oh, shit. Uh, anyway. <clears throat> We are down to five shows this week in what is our second episode of the fall 2021 season. Uh, And the first of those to discuss is Blue Period. Uh, In episode three, Yatara attends prep school for art and meets the genius Yutasuke and the much more laid back Hashida. Yatara realizes that he needs to find where his voice lies rather than imitating other artists. He also comforts Yuka after they get broken up with. And then in episode four, Yatara and the other prep school students have their paintings ranked in an open competition. Yatara gets ranked above the middle of the pack to his surprise and even beats Yutasuke and Hashida. Yutasuke complains about exam art, which sends Yatara into a spiral. He attends the TUA art festival and a slight from Yutasuke inflames his passion to the point where he makes one of his best works at prep school. I like this show a lot. <laughs> I-, I love all of the characters this show has introduced so far. This show is like everybody's a little bit fun in this show, except yeah. for Yutasuke. He sucks so far. I, I get that like he doesn't really have friends, but he doesn't really do much to ingratiate himself to other people. Yeah, right. But that's just because he doesn't care about other people. It seems he cares about art, but he does care about other people. Does he? And despite how he tries to make it appear. Yeah. I mean, he... Yeah, he's done all the stuff with Yatara that, like, he could just say no type of thing. He could just not. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, technically, his mom did make them hang out when they went to the student festival at TUA. Right, but they could have just turned the corner and, like, immediately went separate ways and stuff. Oh, and I, I did forget to mention the other girl at prep school. I forgot her name. Who's like Kuana? Yeah, she's from like the super talented family, and she gets ranked first, which she doesn't like because there's a curse on whoever gets first at prep school that they don't pass the exam. But I think I think kind of what they might be going for with Yatora a little bit is that he just has really good kind of 
intuition. He has really good guts for it, even if he's not like, you know, trained from birth to do it or whatever. I because you know, say if, I feel like what they're going for is that he has a lot of passion for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because like they cut back to his senpai Mori, who was ranked like fifth from the bottom, and he like really admired her. So he's like, you know, it's. Any like ranking of art is going to be subjective at the end of the day. So, mm-hmm. uh, maybe he was freaking out a little bit too much over the ranking. Maybe they all are. Every time I watch this show, it makes me want to open up a sprite. It makes me want to try and get good at drawing. Do it. Just buy one of those stupid how-to-draw-manga books from the 90s and draw <laughs> 90s manga characters yeah. the way that publishers who hadn't read manga in the 90s thought they looked. We haven't touched much on the character of Yuka, but I like them a lot, too. Yeah. I know that... Um, I know that uh, Yatara calls them Ryuji because that's the name they knew them by for most of their life, but I'm going to call them... Yuka, because that seems to be the name they prefer. Well, yeah, it might. It's this weird thing of like, I don't believe they're trans, but they could be. All the wikis use they pronouns for them, yeah. and they yeah, use no, they that, in the show, but. But mm-hmm. I just mean like I think they're a cross dresser. They yeah they, they, it also could just be that they're like a they're gay but present very very femme. Cause, I kind of believe that's what it is yeah. Because I also think I I could just be wrong about this, but I think some Japan is a lot looser with pronouns and like what language you use to describe yourself. Because... I'm not even sure they really. Well, I think they do have pronouns, but like yeah. they're like way more complicated than ours. Yeah. yeah, well, because like, most of the time, like, whenever I you hear a pronoun, you actually just hear their name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, sometimes you'll go on the wiki for things, and it'll be like, oh, they you this character uses these this type of language to talk about themselves. I kind of feel like this might be a surprise gay show. But it might just be friendship stuff. But, like, I feel like Yotasuke is in this a lot. And I'm kind of like, he's in the uh, ED, him and Yatora, in one of the pictures. But it could be a friendship thing. Like, it totally could be a friendship thing. I just was thinking that because with all of the stuff um, in the first episode about, like, they have an actual gay character in this, like, mm-hmm. there are no rules type of thing. <laughs> Hey, shout out again to this show for uh, Yatara's old friends still supporting him and his new endeavors for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Because like none of his art club friends could go with him to the TUA school festival, so he brought his like friends that he used to go drinking with. Yeah. Like his punk friends, kind of. Anyway, I vote to retain. Oh no, I retain. I vote to retain. Next on the list is I Cosmonaut. Uh, in episode three, in the capital, the cabinet discusses what to do with Irina after her flight. 
Lev tries to help Irina get over her fear of heights by taking her flying, and soon she's accomplished her first parachute jump. And then, in episode 4, the engineers struggle to get the rocket booster and capsule ready for launch day. Next on the docket is isolation training, so Lev and Irina take the day off before having to go in the chamber. Irina gets drunk off of one sip of wine, reveals herself as a master figure skater, and explains why she wants to visit outer space. Manga readers need to watch or need to drink more alcohol. <laughs> What's that? Or manga writers need to drink more alcohol. She drank like half of that glass. It wasn't like a sip. No, she took a couple sips, but it wasn't that much. The thing is, she drank it and immediately was like drunk. That's like that. That's not. You don't know how vampires process alcohol. No, but I. If it's like that, that's just really weird. Okay, this is not that important, but it's something I wanted to point out. So the scene at the beginning of the episode where, uh, at the beginning of episode four, where they're like working on the space capsule and the engineer is like, oh, I'm clutching my chest. I'm about to have a heart attack. Uh, this is, this is like November of 1960 right now. The actual chief of the Soviet space program had a heart attack in December of 1960 from overwork. Eesh. And he kept going until 1966. <laughs> so, so they literally—it's literally just anime Sergei Korolev, but they just don't give him a name, which is actually accurate because the Soviet Union kept his name a secret until after he died. I think that's something I think is interesting about the show is that it seems to be like following the history somewhat. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean. About as accurate as the show about vampire going to space can be, but yeah. And it is true that there were women in the cosmonaut program at the time. Nice. The Soviets put the first woman into space, uh, Valentina Tereshkova. Uh, she was like this, like, she was like one of the first, like, ten people in space. She was the sixth Soviet. Is I think Valentina Tereshkova, yeah, she's still alive. Oh yeah, and she's still a member. She's a member of the Russian legislature. I really liked the shots of like, like there was were all those shots in like both episodes of kind of like the wonder of the moon when like they were in the plane, mm-hmm. and the third episode or like when they there was the figure skating and like she did like the jump and she was framed inside of the moon. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say the whole f- figure skating like sequence was done really well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Honestly, like, I can't help any scene of characters like flying at night. I can't help but think of like a whole new world from Aladdin. And that's not a bad comparison. Yeah, I did. I did appreciate at the beginning of episode three when they did the cabinet meeting that the music was like a pastiche of the Soviet anthem. Like, it sounds like this. It's like if you, you know the Star Trek theme and the Star Trek animated series theme. Yeah, it, it felt like that. And then uh, in that same episode, when uh, Irina was back in the uh, the back being uh, examined by Anya again, it was like a goofy version of the same tune. I'm pretty sure. I might just be imagining that, but this is the second week in a row that I've talked about the show's music. <laughs> well, because I feel like it has a lot of it, and a lot of it is good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this show has a really good score. Uh, I think that, honestly, I think that maybe it 
the way things are going, it could be that her flight is like episode six, and then the second half is something else. What I could see happening is the flight is episode six. Something goes wrong and she dies. And the rest of it is Lev kind of dealing with that. This one isn't past episode six, is it? No, nothing's past episode. Or it's past episode six has been released, but we're not there yet. Have you watched ahead in this one, Chris? I vote to retain. Yeah, I'm also retaining. I'll retain as well. All right. Next on the docket is Comey Can't Communicate. In episode three, Comey makes another friend, Agari, who has a different kind of social anxiety and is also a masochist. Comey gets a phone and learns how to play games with the popular kids, and Tadano loses on purpose to save her dignity. And then in episode four, Yandere Girl kidnaps Tadano and spends the whole day trying to become Comey's new best friend. Comey thinks that maybe she and Tadano shouldn't be friends since it wound up being hazardous to him, but he says he wants to continue their friendship anyway. Hey, we actually got to hear Aoi Koga in this episode. <laughs> I guess in these two episodes. I don't know what that is. She's Kaguya. Good lord, the production values on this show. <laughs> like, it really does, like... And not just because it's a romantic comedy, but it really does, like... Like, the production values are, like... Kaguya-sama levels of, like, pouring shit-tons of resources into a romantic comedy to, like, elevate it above what it might be otherwise. Well, you say that, but, like, this is a really popular manga. Like, they want it to be good because people will yes, eat this. I, I know that, but, but what I'm saying is they did a good job of that. Like, mm -hmm. I could see myself not liking this show if it was just, just really flat, like some of the comedies yeah. we've seen. I also think they have, like, they have a lot of good shot composition as well. Like, there's the mm -hmm. scene in, at the end of episode four, when Tada when Komi says she doesn't want to be friends with Tadano anymore, uh, he, like, when he's thinking about, like, what she means, there's, like, the flashback of the window panes behind him with different scenes of their friendship. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff like that. I like that his name is Hito Hito. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's, like, exactly average on everything. <laughs> oh, yeah, I completely forgot about, like, the, the physical exams at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> there's this random girl who's like, I'm going to be better than Komi-san. And she's like, she winds up being heavier and taller when seated than Komi-san. And it's like, okay. <laughs> You know, it's it's like, it ends up being a tie, but she's like, wait, is this a win? Does this count? Well, like, who says that being heavier is a bad thing? And like... Yeah, when you're, when you're in a situation where you need to preserve body fat, it could be a benefit. <laughs> that was the exact argument she made to herself in the episode, now that I think about it. And I... I've never heard of people being having people having their seated height measured before. I mean, it's pretty much torso height. It's yeah. kind of yeah. 
But like it's probably well, I say probably, I have no idea, but it might be something that they just do in Japanese schools and stuff. I loved the twenty four clocks in uh the second episode for this one. Went to Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about it at first, but then when you mentioned it, I was like, Oh yeah, that was yeah. neat. <laughs> yeah. This is this is something that would happen in an episode of twenty four. What, torture? Yeah. Anyway, I vote to retain. Oh no, I retain. I vote to retain. Next on the list is My Senpai is Annoying. In episode three, it's Christmas time, and both Futaba and Sakurai draw the short straw and have to be the office Santas. Futaba decides to get Takeda a gift and buys him a necktie, but struggles to find the right time to give it to him. He actually also gets her a scarf, so it works out in the end. And then in episode four, Futaba catches a cold, and Takeda comes over and takes care of her to her chagrin. He's also an Omega Boomer, so Futaba helps him pick out a smartphone and learn to use it. Takeda also gets sick, and Futaba returns the favor by taking care of him. I gotta say, I really like the tie that she got him. Yeah. It's like the exact color scheme of Ava Unit 1. It's also a lot like the tie that he normally wears, just with yeah, stripes it's... on it. Well, his his tie isn't normally purple, it's like... Maybe. Well, so the thing that I noticed is that there's a lot of green and purple in this because the drinks that they both drink are green and purple and their hair is green and the tie is purple. Like, So you think they're just like, that's just like their color scheme? Yeah. They're like, a, I was about to say they're like, I, and I can't think of anything that's green and purple. Mardi Gras? They're like purple. <laughs> Gurple? Yeah. Green and purple. I think that I expressed some doubt last week over how long I thought this one could go on and hold my attention. But I'm still enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah. This one has a lot of really fun uh, reaction comedy, I think. Like, um, mm -hmm. in the second episode we watched today where she's taking care of Takeda at his place and she, like, strokes his like the little beard on his chin when she thinks he's sleeping and then he like wakes up so she like neck chops him and runs out the door and just like her face after she slams the door yeah yeah i think what makes this good is that there is actually a story to all this it's not just slice of life like nothing ever happens yeah which not that that can't be good but in this it keeps the romance going and stuff like that Mm -hmm. You're not sitting there, well, they won't they like some other shows you might be. It it hasn't really felt like every segment has been the same. Mm -hmm. Like, even if their dynamic isn't necessarily changing that much, you're, it at least feels like we're not just seeing the same jokes over and over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, each... Um... Each episode kind of has its tension that it revolves around. It's not just like one thing, which is what I was really nervous about with this one. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad it's not like that. Also, what is the deal of the other office lady that's not Sakurai? Like the one that this, ep this last episode was like all about the Russia stuff. 
I think she's Russian. Or she's just really weird. In so the first episode, she was drinking water out of a vodka bottle, maybe. Yeah, it could have just been water. <laughs> it's vodka. Vodka. I want a wad of cur I don't know. There's some innuendo there. Hey, can I get a sip of that water? It's not water. Vodka, I like your style. Vinegar. It's what? <laughs> I'm glad someone got what I was going for. I want I want a wad of these nuts. Yeah, so she drank water out of a vodka bottle and she talks about Siberia a lot. But then in the third episode, she says hello to Futaba by saying Dobriden, which is hello in Czech, not Russian. I think she's just weird, okay? I think so. I mean, maybe she's just bilingual. It would be at least trilingual. Maybe she's an Eastern European stan. A Slavophile? <laughs> I mean, yeah, the Czechs and the Russians are both Slavs. Yeah. I think she's probably just supposed to be kind of like the, like, Chika Fujiwara to a lesser extent, where she's just kind of there to, like, throw... Oh, no, Do oh, no Dobby Den is also in Russian. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> But she's there to diffuse some tension and stuff like that. Yeah. Like kind of throw a wrench in things so things don't always go to plan. She hasn't really messed with any of the plots yet. She just kind of shows that's up fair. and says weird things. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm if that's all she ever does, I'm fine with that. Because every time she has, it's been really funny. But it, it's kind of like there's not too much to talk about. Because if so, we'd just be talking about the bit. And like, yeah, I'm going to retain this show. I'm also retaining. You know what? I was thinking I was thinking this one wouldn't last, but here it is. I'm retaining as well. All right. All that leaves for us is Sakugan. In episode three, Memempu wants to head to the dream place by the most direct route possible. But Gagumber urges more caution. After Mimempu strikes out on her own, she realizes she needs Gagumba way more than she thought she did. A creepy rich man accosts the pair. And in episode 4, Gagumba and Mimempu are detained upon arrival in Jolly Jolly, but are allowed to sightsee while their sentence is decided. Gagumba winds up getting involved with an outlaw named Zekletu and her enemies in the Mafia, which all winds up exacerbating his and Mimempu's punishment. I love that Jolly Jolly is literally just like all of Italy mashed together into one city. Because like they were looking at the map and it said Florence section, Venice section, Rome section. But it seems that all this world is, is the underground. So. I don't know how the ruins got there. Well, as far as we know, this is just like what Italy is in this world. I feel like I feel like the implication is that this is our world. It's just everyone had to move underground. And so this is just way later after 
the old world has just kind of gone away. But no matter what happens, the Italians will always reproduce the mafia. Because I feel like the when they were talking, or I'm pretty sure that when they were talking about Jolly Jolly, they were like, oh yeah, there used to be a city like this above ground with water, but now it's just this. Did they say that? Yeah, they, they said something about like, um, there was an old city where canals were actual canals, not just like train tracks, pretty much. Train tracks with LEDs. Yeah. Which, to be fair, pretty cool, but... Yeah, I, I honestly, like, put LEDs on train tracks, except that's bad for light pollution. So, never mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I guess if there's no night sky, light pollution isn't a problem. Yeah. Yeah, well, because they just turn off all the lights to make night. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how they do night in places that, uh, where, that are above the Arctic Circle in the summertime. And in Antarctica in the in what we would call the winter in the northern hemisphere. I the I, I, one thing that I'm a little sad about is that they it's, it's the same kaiju design again in the third episode, although like the little bug things mixed it up a little bit. I kinda think there's really only one type of kaiju. Maybe so. And also I feel like the kaiju wasn't necessarily supposed to be like they weren't ever going to fight the kaiju and that was never going to be the central tension the kaiju was just there to split them up yeah i think you're right still has kaiju though which just instantly gives it a point <laughs> yeah I mean, isn't that just, like, a Japanese word for, like, monster or something like that? It like, does mean monster, but, like, these are kaiju in, like, the... the in, the, like, the American sense of the term. Kaiju in... Kaiju is, like, one of those Japanese words that has a much more specific meaning in English than it does in Japanese. I really liked how the... Um, when they were sp split up, it kind of demonstrated how Mamempu needs Gagumber. Because like, yes, she's really smart and she pretty she knows what she's doing most of the time. She's still just a kid and needs an adult there. Like like it's more the emotional aspect than the actually doing things. Right. It's I mean, she needs her dad, like <laughs> I finally realized what the name Gagumber reminds me of. Cucumber? Yeah, Cucumber. I'm calling it now. The monsters are attracted to the map that Mimimimpu has. Oh, for sure. 0% is that not the case. <laughs> because, like, in the first episode, they're like, what? They're, they're following us specifically. Kaiju don't do that. So I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and didn't it show up this week when, like, right after Mimimimpu had turned it on? I think so. Yeah. It, I think it showed up while she was looking at it, maybe. It didn't matter because when she fell down, all the little monsters followed her still. Like. Yeah. I think the dream place is where the kaiju come from. I vote to retain Sakugan. I'm also retaining Sakugan. I'm only retaining Sakugan. All right. Uh, that is all for this week. Uh, 
hey, we still have a poll going for what we'll be doing for our December OVA episode. Uh, your choices are Link Click, Cowboy Bebop, and Promise Neverland. So be sure to follow us on our Twitter, at WapperCast, and uh, vote in that poll before it closes. It'll be closing uh, on Friday. So you have two two days from when this episode uh, comes up to get your vote in. Be sure to join us for our next regular episode on the 24th. I have been John, your CEO of uh, Revealing Yourself Suddenly as a Master Figure Skater. I'm Chris, and you like jazz? And I'm Andrew, and I live in the bathroom. Beep boop, ravioli.